right. So we are continuing a, a teaching series called Flourish, and we've been doing this through the summer season. So if you're, you're brand new with us, uh, you, hopefully you received a, a program coming in. There's some notes you can fill out. To do that, you can catch them online uh, as well and, and be able to kind of interact that way. And I've learned, uh, and, and learning about learning is like when you listen to something, it's, it's kind of one ear out the other, and, and you, you, you will retain. If you just listen today, you'll retain about 20% of it, if that. If you would write it down and actually take some notes, and even if you don't even use the notes, you don't even look at them again, you actually will change your brain, will, will learn a little bit more, and you actually retain what you have. Because I find that why come if there's nothing that I'm necessarily taking from? And so hope that you can gauge that way. We also have small groups throughout the week where we talk about it. And so when you talk about it with others, and maybe you're not in a group right now, and we'll, we'll be having more groups in the fall, but if you're not, your group's not meeting, but you could talk, it out, talk about, about it with another individual, that even, your retention rate even goes up more because you're working God's word in your life, which we'll, we're going to be talking about here uh, as part of flourishing in our faith. And I find that, that summer's a, a fantastic time to lay back. Listen, I had a couple weeks off, and people go, where'd you go? I didn't go far. I went down there. I went down. We live in the most beautiful time of the year is here. This is a great place to live in the Northwest. And so if you drove by the state park and you saw a red hammock, that was probably me, okay? Now I'm going to give myself away, and I'm going to go, hi. You know, like, yeah, it's fine if you want to say hi to me. Um, but we find places, and that was one of the practices. I, I really appreciate Brian Kent a couple weeks ago spoke, and then last week, Julie, she shared on silence and solitude. And boy, that's a discipline for some of us talkers, aren't we? To have, have silence and solitude. But that's what I found is paddling out in my kayak, hammocking a little bit, and the cool sea breeze blowing. There's these moments that, that the Lord wants to give us that we're just quiet. And then we spend time in listening to His voice. And we're going to continue that this morning in another spiritual practice. And we're going to talk about scripture reading and meditation. Now, you hear that going, what, is, what are we talking about? Because we know that the Bible is important to read. Uh, talk to most of the church people here. If you're new to church, you probably even know that the Bible is a very important thing to read. I, I found these statistics kind of interesting about the Bible. Is You know, the Bible was written over a 1,500, period, 1500 years period of time. It spans over 40 generations. It's the number one book in circulation of all of history. 2.5 billion Copies have been printed since 1800 when the, National, the Bible Society came out. It's now available in 95% of languages around the world. It's pretty amazing. It's the most reliable ancient document of literature. So that, what that means is that 20,000 plus manuscripts are found of the New Testament compared to just a few hundred of other contemporary you know, Greek writings of antiquity, ancient antiquity. It was written over by 40 different authors inspired by God. It, it, was, it was over a span of three continents, obviously uh, Europe, Asia, and Africa. It was written three different languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, with one central message, God's love through his son Jesus, who wants a relationship with us. And it all fits together. I don't know how it works, but it's, it's the inspired, infallible word of God. And we know this. If you're a church Christian, you know this. If you're a Christian, you know this. But here's a startling statistic in all that is this. Only 11% of people 
read the Bible every day. 11% of Christians, Americans, Americans, read the Bible every day. You know, how much and what and, you know, calendar, Bible verse, who, who knows. But that's, so you, so you wonder, you wonder, don't you? You wonder why cable news, 24-hour news, has more influence of, of what we believe and what we hold to. You think about it. Why Facebook actually shapes what we value, what we find important in life. Why even, you know, even the younger generation, like TikTok, is actually, is what's shaping and molding kids' identity and, and very purpose in, in, the, in their lives. You wonder. You wonder still why the American church is so weak. Well, if only a tenth of people were actually reading the most best and greatest book that we ever have, the book of books, the, the Bible. You, 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 it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I, if, if I was going to pick up uh, some medication that was handed to me, I, I think I'm going to read the label with the bottle, like two or four. Okay, there's a big difference, right? I, I, if I'm going to read an operational manual on some heavy equipment, you know, something that has, you know, machines and blades and things like that, I'm going to really want to know what to do with that because I, I kind of want to live. I kind of, you know, if it says danger, I should, I should be watching that. But interesting, here we have, you know, the Bible, when someone says, you know, the Bible, B-L-B-L-E, it's, it's basic instructions before leaving earth. Have you heard that's kind of cheesy? But it's true, the B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. But only like, think about this, only, only about just above 10% of Christians actually just actually pick it up and read it every day. I think a lot of it has to do with, we live in a very hyper-stimulated culture right now. The Bible, this, you know, the written, the written Bible, it's kind of, it seems, comes off a little boring, right? It, it's because, you know, we're, we get sucked in, like a lot of us, we get sucked in and watching some YouTube, and you watch the cat video, and you're going, like, I just lost two minutes of my life. I will never, ever get back, right? And we get suckered into that. And if we're not careful, at least what we click on leaves down a very dark rabbit hole. We all know the Bible is important, and yet a piece of broccoli and a maple bar are hard. You know, which one do we pick? It's very difficult, right? And I found this is that um, the Bible, you know, the, the excitement of it and that, it really is something we have to, well, it takes time to really get into. When I was a youth pastor many years ago, we used to do mission trips in, in Mexico, specifically Tijuana, and we train up our students to do VBS, Vacation Bible School. Of course, we, you know, Espanol un poquito, okay? We didn't know a lot of the language, and so they gave us different tricks and props and different things to communicate God's Word. And one of the things we did is we would talk about the Bible, and it was really kind of funny because we were trying to teach the kids, you know, their Spanish, and it says Holy Bible. Of course, we didn't, didn't have this even in Spanish, which was kind of funny. But this book here was a way, and it was, it was a way for kids to understand, hey, the importance of the Bible. And we talk about, hey, if you don't, if you don't really read the Bible or anything, you, you, sometimes it doesn't really make sense at all. And so we would tell the kids, we'd just demonstrate to them, it just feels like it's just a bunch of blank pages. It doesn't, doesn't mean anything. But if you actually will pick it up and start reading it, what happens is you begin to understand a little more, and it starts filling in, and you begin to understand a little bit more of the Bible and everything. But we invited them, when you have a personal relationship with Jesus, it all of a sudden, it just comes 
alive. And the, the, the word of God is just, and it's just it's amazing. And, and the kids are awed by that little trick, right? They're just like, some of you are like, hey, how'd you do that? Uh, you were awed by it, right? We're, we're, again, cat videos you're, you're attracted to. You get it. Uh, and, and what we find is that we, you, know, you and I know don't need a che- cheap little kid's magic trick to do something, do we? But yet the Bible sometimes gets put off to the side. And so scripture is something that we need to realize it's, it's a living word. It's not, just, it's not just words on a page. They have life to them. I, I don't know if you're fascinated by this, but the new James Webb um, telescope is pretty amazing, isn't it? And they're looking back, scientists are saying this, and you can debate old earth, new earth, and all this, but they say they can go back 13 billion years. They say that the origin of the universe is actually 13, 8 billion years old. So now they're 13 million year, or billion years back. They can look, and they can look into the start of the universe. And what they found even in the Hubble telescope back when that was out was that, that the universe is expanding. That it's, it's, it's growing and it's dynamic. That it's, that it's, that it's that expanding. And so it, it really confirms God's word at the very beginning of Genesis. where go, When God created, he said, God said, he said, let there be light and there was light. And it's like a ripple of a, a rock in a pond. You drop it in there and then it reverberates out. Let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light. God's word still speaking. Because God's word still creating. The universe is still growing, expanding. Your body is growing by the minute, okay? You know that. Sometimes we're like, it's growing out by the minute. It's growing, you know, like, okay, you know, there is, there is growth that continues to happen, and God's word is that. It, the Bible says itself, it does not return void. It's a reverberating voice that goes over and over and over. And the, whole, and the, and the word whole, Holy Spirit in Greek in the New Testament is this word pneuma, which means breath. God's breath, God's, God's word, it's speaking, it's living. It, it's not just a, it's not just newsprint. The Apostle Paul gives this practical verse. This is what it says in 2 Timothy 3 of the value of God's word. All scripture is God-breathed, that pneuma breathe. It's, it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be what? Thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's the power of Scripture. It's, it's for teaching. Teaching, picture this as, a, as like a road map, like GPS, where it, it guides you to where you need to go. The, the Bible says it's the word is a lamp into my feet, a light into my path. It rebukes. That's a strong word, but it means warning, caution, if you're going really fast around chucking it dry, there's some signs that, that they're warning you, curve ahead. Pay attention to that. It's important because you're going to find yourself dead going that direction. It's, it's, a, it's a warning to us. Correcting is this idea of redirecting, where you're going along and there's a, there's a course correction. It's kind of the troubleshoot manual part of, in the, you know, in the end of a like an instructional manual. Here's some things to help. If this doesn't work, here's what you need to do to fix it. Training. It's, it's like a textbook, a repair manual. The goal of this is that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. But along the lines, as much as that's the power of God's word, we've lost the awe of it a little bit. 
and its effectiveness to equip us today. And I think a lot of it, we need to call it out for it is, we live not just in the informational age, but we live in the over-informational age. Is that true? You're trying to decipher, you're trying to curate so much information that's coming to you now just bombarded you digitally. And I would say over-information and over-stimulation of our brains that are affecting us. Uh, Jay Kim, he's a pastor, and he wrote this book, you know, post-pandemic, called Analog Church. And he put it this way, is that the problem is that the digital age is changing our aptitude and our appetite for deliberate and concentrated reading. The more we read in abbreviated forms, the more we long for the sort of reading and the less we are able to read slowly. Is that true for you? you we get a little lazy. That's what the nice way he's saying it in our reading. My neighbor, and it's so true for me, my neighbor a few weeks ago said they're going on vacation. He said, hey, can you grab our newspapers? And I thought, oh, wow, people get newspapers still? I didn't know that. And so I went across the street, and I grabbed them every morning and, and got my coffee. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be like my dad. I'm going to read the newspaper, like the physical paper. I'm going to pull it out, took the rubber band, and stretch it out, and I'm drinking, just thinking like I'm all grown up, you know, I'm re reading the newspaper, and I'm reading along and going, wow, this is a lot of words in this newspaper. And, you know, you get to article, and it's like, you know, some, some kind of national thing, you know, global thing. It's like a pretty big deal, right? And you get to it at the end, it's like, it says, turn to A12. I'm like, Nah, I'm not that committed. I don't need to read that. I don't know. I, don't you want to know the end of the story? No, that's okay. And I move on. I'm like, how lazy am I? My brain, ADD, right? And I found that so true in this discipline of actually reading. Not just in the depth of education, but it, but it, also, it, it also is the, the fact of deepening our, our faith. And I think what's, this, is the, this is the warning for us. The rebuke of us is this, is that we got to be careful if we're skimming the Bible is that we can end up being what, what Jesus talks about, the different soils of our soul. He talked about a farmer in the story of the parable about he would, this farmer would sow seed, and he would sow seed on one on the, on the rocky soil. Well, what happened is that it, it couldn't germinate. It didn't have any depth, and so the sun would come and, and basically, you know, fry the seeds and it wouldn't germinate he talked about how seeds were scattered in the weeds and, in the, and it's the it's the worries of the world will choke out our faith because we put more efforts and energies and listen to other things and rather than god's word and he talked about seed being scattered on the on the path which he talked about the enemy comes and tramples here god speaks and then there's negativity or something else tra trumps and tramples that that very word of that God is speaking. There's no germination of the soul because there wasn't time, as Julie talked about last week, silence and solitude to be able to go, oh, I'm taking this space and I'm reading God's word and, and understanding. I'm not just skimming it for the highlights. I don't need pop-up ads and little things to tell me and little, little pictures and all that. I'm just going to read it for what it is. And yet, what we find is, it becomes, at times, it seems very, very boring, very lifeless, and there's just not 
There's not that, where does it come alive? Where can I see it actually be in me and live in me? And we want this, don't we? We want this bright, beautiful life that is filled, especially knowing God's word this way, but it doesn't have a place to germinate because we actually don't do anything with it. Jesus gave another story of a parable. He talked about a person who doesn't really listen or obey God's word. It's like building a house on a sand. And it was last weekend. It was, I don't know if anybody entered, but there were some pretty amazing sand castles last week and, and what people did out there. But I, I noticed when I drove by the bay this morning, none of them were there. I mean, people put a lot of time and effort. Teams got together and competition and everything. They all got washed away. In fact, it wasn't just last night. It was the first night as the tide came in. Now, we build our life on sand, on things that don't matter. And this is what Jesus says. He said, therefore, though, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. How do you have foundation on the rock? Is anyone who not only hears these words of mine, but does what? Puts them into practice, actually do something with it. Isn't this sound so basic and elementary? And yet, we're good at skimming, we're good at just reading things over in our world of information, and, and we, we lose the true meaning in, the, in our, the word of God being germinated in our very souls. And that's why James, the Apostle James, addresses this. And we have a corrupt society, it was very corrupt back then, and he says this, of the corruption out there and, and the lies out there and everything, he says this. He says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that's so prevalent. And he says this, humbly accept the word planted in you who, or which can save you. So it's, it's humbling ourselves and it taking time and accepting it. Because I think what happens, I found for me is, I, I try to be a humble person, but I get so busy doing things because I got stuff to do. Well, that's a form of pride. I'm not stopping and listening and, and processing God's word for my life because I, I, I'm getting through it to get on in life. And he says this, we, you know, we, which we need to be, sa- be grateful for saving our souls, but to have the depth to fill, again, fill our our lives with the coloring of God's word to know how how rich it is. This is what he says: Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word does not who does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently in the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but what? Doing it. This is the result of this, that you will be blessed in what you do. I don't know about you, but that sounds like flourishing to me. Flourishing with the word of God planted in me and waiting and waiting hoping anticipation that there'll be growth that comes out of it because of the investment I've made. So here's our, here's today's core truth for us. It's very simple as this. To know his will is by knowing his word. To know his will is by knowing his word. Pretty simple. How do you want to know God's will? People all the time, you know, I just need to know God's will. 
Well, do you know his word? Because his word is in a, the, your will for your life is in, in the word. And when, when I was in Idaho, in fact, Haley, we, we didn't know this until we got to meet. Uh, she went to Idaho State University, and I was in a church a different decade when she was there. But we were the same, she was part of the same church. And we had a wonderful church in Idaho that was there. And they were more in a charismatic nature, which I really loved. I loved how they just want to seek and hear God's voice. But one of the things that, that I find with some of the people in the church was they were kind of trying to circumvent to get a word from the Lord rather than putting the work in to get the word. People, I remember one gentleman came to me one day and he says, I just need, I need a word from the Lord. And I said, well, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm coming to you for I need a word from the Lord. I'm like, well, do you want fries with that? <laughs> like, am I a faith concession stand? Like, you know, am I, am I one of those at the fair? I've got the crystal ball and, you know, well, you got to pay me so much to, like, that's kind of what he was looking for. What was happening is in my conversation, I finally, and it was, uh, you know, taking a Bible to him, I go, here's God's will for your life. This is where we start. I'm not saying that God can't speak through people. I'm not saying God can't speak through circumstances and butterflies and messages in the clouds and everything like that. I'm not negating those, those things, by the way. But I am saying it's through the word of God that other things and people can bring confirmation from what the word is saying. If you don't put the work in the word, you're not going to know his will. And you're going to be all over the map, and you're just you're going to be chasing after all little little messages and all around, rather than here's the central message that our, God's will is filtered through His Word. It was set up, but it's not just a it's not just a boring words. It's a living word that we have. It's pretty powerful. And, but here's here's the work in the Word I found is this. And maybe you find, it, if you're not a reader, okay, we used to tell our kids, leaders are readers, and, you know, we got them reading, and so our kids, I'm so glad one of the things is they're great readers, and they, they read all the time. So reading, I know, can be a challenge for some people, but what I found in reading is it has to take some discipline to do it. You have to click off the screens to do it. And so part of, you know, sleep hygiene, you probably learn this, shut your screens off an hour or two before you go to bed. So my wife and I, we, we practice that. We shut the screens off, and, and, and so we start reading, but I, I find myself, if I pick up a new book, a new novel, I'll read two or three pages and I get really tired and I shut my light off and I go to sleep, which is not a bad thing. The problem is I, wait, I go to bed the next night and go, oh, what did I just read the pages before? I reread those pages, those two or three pages, and then I get tired and then I go to sleep again. And I've done it the three times, I have to admit, three times in a row. I'm like, I need to read this during a different time when I'm tired, you know, because during vacation, I was able to, like, she's like, I, she woke up, she's like, you're still reading, you're still lights on, so on. I actually, two hours, I was finished, because I wanted to finish, I wanted to know the end of the story. I want to get to the end of the book, because I was so involved in the novel. Man, what if we did that with God's word? It's taking effort and time to really understand it. And if it is the living, breathing word of God, there's so much more that's there for us, and it's to take time the Bible says to meditate on it. Now, it's not just reading it, but meditating on it. To read it slowly. And when we use the word meditation, people kind of, Christians especially, get a little weirded out by it. Because And there is some weird things out there. People like, do I need to, you know, light, you know, lit, you know, in, you know, funny smoke, or do I need to, like, you know, I need to sit myself a certain way, or, you know, we get kind of weirded out by meditation. Meditation is a very biblical thing to do. Psalms tells us to meditate upon it. It's just to think deeply. 
But it, the question is, what are you thinking deeply of? And there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with thinking about yourself, okay? But if it's the end of yourself, that's not good because we need to look deeply within our lives. We need, the Bible talks about examining our own heart. We need to do that every day. We need, to, we need to look, say, Lord, where in my life do I need to improve, where I need to grow? But we're going to the Lord through his word to look at our lives. Not just looking inwardly and find our center, uh, because at the end of the center, it's kind of a mushy mess. Have you found the center of your own soul? It's a mess, right? And so outside of ourselves, that's where salvation comes and what Jesus has done for us. But we look to the Lord. We meditate upon his word. The Bible says, day and night, which we're going to get to that scripture here in a moment. Now, J. Kim, the, the guy I mentioned in the book, he said this about um, this, about, like, he says to, we need to unlearn the skill of speed reading and relearn the basics of how to read a book slowly. And I think if, think about the book of books that we need to read is the Bible. Again, to know his will is to know his word. And so God, what is, what is meditation? What does that mean? To read the Bible slowly. To God invites us to slow down and to soak in his scripture and then take it to practice. Throughout our series, our, our flourish is connected to John 15 about this beautiful relationship that Jesus wants us to have to abide in him or to, to uh, we use the word, remain in him. In John 15, it's not in your notes, but it says this, if you remain, Jesus says, you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Well, that's a pretty bold statement Jesus says. But when we know his will through his word, what we ask for will happen, right? We pray according to God's word and then understanding then his will and it will be accomplished for you some of you have prayed for a million dollars and it hasn't happened yet okay you know the prayers there's certain things even you know comical like that and you've prayed and god hasn't met your need according to the way you yet needed it and yet as you see his sought his will he answers it according to his will and we, we align with him that's what it means to 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 abide where flourishing life comes from there's life that comes from that but it takes practice to do that. And one of the things that we offered throughout this series is spiritual practices to do. And the one that I want to invite you to, and we have had it in growth guides and everything throughout the last couple of years here, is a thing called Lecto Divina. Lecto Divina. Some of you are like, Electro what? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it means this in Latin, if you want to learn Latin. Lecto means um, it means read, okay? It means, it means uh, and, and then divine, divine, means divine. It's divine reading you're doing. And it's opening scripture and reading it slowly. And, and, and so here's the outline, and you have it in your notes. You can grab it online of how to, to do Lecto Divina. It's really starting through your head, then your heart, and then your hands. So that's how you're engaging God's word. So what you're doing is, as you read, and there's three ways or yeah three passes that you read scripture first you start with the head reading you're asking this question when you read it what am i thinking about when i'm reading it and i think that's just good an observation of bible study what is it that it stands out is there some words there's some phrases there's something that catches your eye because there's this idea of what's called illumination of scripture it's almost like god through the spirit will give you like a highlighter pen and he highlights. And I found this. I can have the similar passage of Scripture throughout my life. And God, when I read it some days, will highlight 
certain portions and not so much because of the season of life I'm in and what I need to hear from him. So there's the head reading, and then there's the heart reading. You're asking the question, what am I feeling when I read this? Am I feeling, am I feeling peace? Am I feeling conviction? Am I, am I feeling something stirring within me? What are those emotions that I'm having? What does it make me hopeful for? Maybe when I read this, it makes me anxious. There's something that God's dealing with me on in that situation. And then there's the hands is, what is God inviting me into? This is the doing part. What am I actually supposed to do with it? And that's a prayer. Say, Lord, what are you, what are you showing me that I'm actually having to do it? So that's Electro Divina. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to practice it right now. And I hope that you can practice it during the week. You can do this with your small group. There's an outline for you to do this. But we're going to do it, and we're going to use a paper Bible. How about that? A hard copy of the Bible, okay? Uh, and, and if you don't own a hard copy of the Bible, there's copies back there. There's for, they're free, and you can give if you know someone that needs a Bible. Uh, and, and don't, what they used to call Bible thumping, like, I don't know what the thumping part meant, but like, here, you need a Bible, like, I don't know you, okay, um, but if you're in a relationship with someone that needs a Bible, we have Bibles available, but we're going to turn to and practice, uh, you're going to watch me do it, you're just, you're just going to listen, but we're going to practice Lecto Divina, and we're going we're gonna to read a passage of scripture three times, in Psalms 1, 1 through 3, that we're going to use, and it's planned this way, but it's, it's, we're going to meditate on meditation of Scripture. That's what this actual lesson is to do. So the very thing that we're called to do, to do, we're actually going to practice with this very Scripture to do that. Does that make sense? And so we're going to use this. It's on the screen. And again, I'm going to read it three times. First, I'm going to read it with our head. Then we're going to read it with our heart. And then we're going to read it with our hands of what we do. And as I read this, you're going to find that I might highlight words that would stand out as I'm reading it out loud. And I encourage you to do it out loud. Even if you're by yourself, read out loud scripture. Do you realize that most of the Bible was written for audio, to listen to it? It was verbal. It was, it was this way. Many, many people did not have, back in the before printing press, had scripture in writing at all. It was, it was audio. And so we've got to keep that in mind, that much of the time a scripture was, was actually expressed out loud. Especially Psalms, which actually was a song, and I'm not going to spare you the pain of me singing it here today. But we're going to read it, okay? We're going to read it three times. This is how you practice Lecto Divina as an example. First, you just read it. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit at the seat of mockers. But he delights, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf don't does not wither whatever he does prospers that's the head okay what 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 am i thinking about what are some words trees and 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 water and mockers what what lord what is it that you're you're speaking to me here well let's read it again with maybe there'll be a moment of emphasis Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Or stand. Okay, not walk, but st- or stand in the way of sinners. Or sit in the seat of mockers. Does not walk or, or, or stand or, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight, his his delight is in the law 
of the Lord. His delight is in the law of the Lord. On his law, he meditates day and night. Day and night. Morning and evening. Day and night. Throughout the day. He is like a tree planted by streams of water. Like a, like a tree. Like a tree planted in, by streams. Flowing streams of water which yields its fruit in season. In the season it yields fruit, and whose leaves does, leaf does not wither. It, it doesn't go away. It doesn't, it doesn't fall away. It continually stays green. It, it's a leaf that doesn't wither. Whatever he does prospers. Whatever he does. And then an opportunity to just pray, Lord, blessed is the man who does not walk. Lord, I don't want to walk in the, in the counsel of the wicked. Lord, I don't want to stand in the way of sinners, of, of, of people that are not following you. Or sit in the seat of mockers, people that don't even acknowledge you or, or put you down. I, 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 but what am I going to do? I'm going to delight. I'm going I'm I'm to gaze upon you. I'm going to relish in you. I'm going to spend time with you and, and dwell in what? The law of the Lord. The law of the Lord. And what I'll do on it, I do it, I meditate it. I, I think deeply upon it. Not only, not only one time a day, but I'm going to do it throughout the day, in the morning, and, I'm, and then I'm going to go back, and I'm going to remember to do it in the evening, Lord. And, and then what do I do? I, what I get to do is then, what, what I'm like is when I do that, I'm, I'm a tree, like a tree planted by streams of water, like water that continually fills my life and refreshes my life which ends up yielding fruit in its season. And some seasons there's fruit, and some seasons it's, it's planting, and some seasons it's watering, but there will be a season of fruit. But, but I, never, I never waste away. I never will wither because it's, it's evergreen, Lord. Your, your word is I continually allow it, the tree planted, and, and it yields fruit, but it, it, never, it never runs dry. And whatever I do, there's prosperity in my life. Maybe not the way I, I want it, but the way you want it in my life. There's, there's, there's prosperity, there's growth, there's, there's life that's there. So that's, that's an idea of practicing Lecto Divina in your mind and your heart, but do it out loud with a group of people. You can do it by yourself, but you're spending time. You're not skimming Scripture. What's happening is it, it goes kind of from lifelessness. It goes, and then it's outlined a little bit more, and then all of a sudden it just becomes life. For you and becomes the living word. And that's the living word of God that we have in us. The living word. The Bible says this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up, invite Chris to come. John will skip ahead here uh, to the end, but I just want to say this: the living word is Jesus. It's the Logos, the Word became God. And so to know his will is to know his word, but is to know the word. Jesus himself, that he is the word that gives life for us. The Bible says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. That's the living, breathing logos, which means living word of God, which is Jesus himself. To have this colorful life that Christ has called us to. We don't want to miss it. There, there's a story as we go to prayer. It was actually January 12, 2007. There was a man at a metro station in Washington, D.C., and he was playing the violin. And 
and he was there, and people were passing by, but he was playing, he played six pieces of Bach in 45 minutes, about 1,100 people passed through, many people didn't stop and pay attention, they got to go to work, they're commuting, they're doing, he had, a, he had a case out there, there was one dollar put in to kind of get the thing going, and, and people, some people dropped money in there, uh, they, 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 they observed, the people are watching, they found that, that the that those were, uh, it was children actually were stopping. And then moms would, you know, dads would, we got to get on the train and pull them along. And, and there was a few people that kind of would watch a little bit and appreciate it, but only in a, in a few seconds. And over the 45 minutes this musician played, it was only about six people that actually stopped and stayed for a minute to listen. Um, the, he, about 20 people gave him money. He collected $32. And here during that time, no one applauded, there was no recognition, but he was actually a world-famous violinist named Joshua Bell. He was one of the most talented musicians in the world, and he played some of the most intricate, complicated pieces of Bach has ever been written. He was holding a viola, which was worth $3.5 million as he's playing it. He sold out the Boston Theater. The average ticket was $100 a person. And no one knew it was him. People missed the master, and they missed the masterpiece. Can I tell you God's word? Let's not miss the masterpiece and the master who wrote it. Jesus, the word of God. To know his will is to know his word, and the word is Jesus. Will you pray with me? I think, Lord, we can, I think a lot of us can just feel really guilty. And I, I do, I do. I feel, I, I've, I've skimmed, I've skimmed, I've done my devotions, kind of checked off the box and moved on because there's bigger, brighter things that I click on in my life throughout my day. But Lord, will, will we stop, Lord, in this moment to make a commitment to you? Lord, will we stop in this moment to say, say, Jesus, this week, this is the week that I'm going to change my practice and then I'm going to take some extra time to get into the practice of dwelling on your word in a deeper way Lord I, I don't want to be I don't want to be tossed back and forth I don't want to build my life on sand that gets any kind of thing and storm comes aligned blows me aside and my week is thrown and my life falls apart and everything because I just didn't take time to be in your word I didn't, I didn't allow it to germinate in my, my soul, and so the, the sun just scorched it away, and I allowed different voices and negativity, really, from the enemy of the devil to just, just trample on it. I, I don't, Lord, I don't want to just read it, and it doesn't germinate, and it's like I allow the worries to choke my life out because I'm not really listening to the word. Lord, I want to take some time. I want to stop at that train station this week. I want to dwell with you. Lord, I want, to, I want to meditate on your word this week. Lord, I really, truly, Lord, I want to commit myself. I, 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 don't, want to, I don't want to be one of those people that, 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 that stand in the way of sinners, that sit at the seat of markers, but, but I want to be the one that delights in the law of the Lord because I'm the one that, that if I meditate, Lord, on it day and night, that I'll be like a tree, Lord. I'll be like that tree. That, that's planted by streams of water, that, that it's, it, it never loses its fruit in the, in the season it is, and it, it never withers. But Lord, that everything that I do prospers, but it prospers in a way that you want my life to prosper and you want me to experience. 
to bring life because Jesus, you are life. You are the word, the living, breathing Logos word that as I'm in relationship with you, that it, the Bible begins to make sense. And I pray for those here that don't have a relationship with you, that, Lord, they would open up the Bible and it feels like blank pages. Or maybe there's just kind of some words that are there. It's not full covered, co colored edition, Lord, because they don't know you, Lord. To know your word is to know you are the word. And I pray today that people would, people in this room, people watching online say, Jesus, your word, you are the word. Come live in me that I may know your will. And the will is not only to save my soul, but to experience this life that you've given me for all eternity, Lord. May we experience that life today and this week of your living, breathing word. To know your will is to know your word. You are the word, Jesus. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I invite you to stand. We're going to close on this final song. And I, I really encourage you as we sing this one and we'll head out into the activities to take this meditative time and this maybe a time of recommitment. If you need some prayer, we've got some great people pray with you uh, up front here. If you want to connect with us, we'd love to connect with you uh, in any way we can. But let's just take this moment before we leave as we dwell on Jesus, the living word.